Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Jennifer. Yay. We have Jennifer on the video feed for the first time. Unless it's cutting me out, as we've discussed. It's, so maybe This must be quiet. an exciting film. Well, it was. It certainly was. Um, it is. But no spoilers as yet. A uh, couple of bits of housekeeping before we kick off. Uh, we wanted a big congratulations right up top. Uh, previous guest to the show, Dr. Dean um, and his good lady, uh, had a baby at five Ooh. o'clock yesterday afternoon. Congratulations. Um, so uh, congratulations to them. Uh, yeah, everybody's well. Everyone's doing good. Hey. And celebrating, yes. Cheers. I had to open the pizza last night just to celebrate it. <laughs> so I'm finishing it off this evening. Good for you. It's important. Ah. I am doing a dry January thing. So I have lots of bottles of sparkling water. So that once I finish drinking the first one, I can use the others to collect my tears about the fact that I'm not drinking beer this evening. But I was going to say, is that, is that why you're so grumpy? <laughs> I'm always grumpy. I'm just oh, yeah. works. This will cheer um, up, though. Oh, Ooh. it's Brewdog. Hey, yeah. shout out to Brewdog. Everyone so, buy Brewdog. It's uh, great. <laughs> so that's a few quid for you as well. No hey. sort of shareholders. Thank you, thank you. If we ever see any money. <laughs> we'll never see any money. No. If you're, getting um, free, if you're getting free beer, who needs money? That is true. This is what I said. Um, uh, secondly, we'd like to put a big thank you out from myself, Lady Jennifer and Chris. Sorry, Adam, nothing personal, but you were there. Um, to listeners to the show, Dave and Tracy, for hosting us for a splendid Boxing Day. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, wonderful, uh, and they are listeners, so we thought we would go online and say thank you during the episode. Um, and uh, who won the quiz in the end? Because you were doing quite well, weren't you, Lee? The quiz. The quiz. Um, <laughs> I team so then... came second. We were drunk. Did you... Yeah, clearly. Well, you seem to be on. You were on my well. team. No, I was on. Oh, well, then, team you, with John. then you won then. I think yeah. you did. You won. We came second. Yeah. I think we two went out, teams. I think we went outside and smoked cigars when, when we came back yes. in. The game had finished. Naturally, know what was happening, but it was it was a good game. It so. was no horror though, unfortunately. No, no horror. Christmas horror. Maybe we should write our own uh, round for next mm. year. Yeah, sounds mm. like plan. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming, as it's been three weeks since we all last met, everyone's done lots of homework. Um, yes. <laughs> look oh, at that yes. green on that face so chris what is uh, looking like a guilty schoolboy what have you watched <laughs> that's, that's just that's just my default look <laughs> i have i have oh, i was, was going to try and do my um rutger hauer piece the things i've seen you people wouldn't believe <laughs> uh, anyway i've watched that several times <laughs> because you know because it's it's good to be reminded of that scene yeah it is often um yeah so, so I've done a few different things, which I'm quite excited about. So I wanted to show this because we're on a visual medium now. So I got this from a, a rather wonderful person for Christmas, <laughs> who, who I don't know if, if he's actually got my reciprocal gift. Not, not as no, yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, you no, got that exciting to come. Nice. Um, but yeah, so this was a great trip down memory lane. The world of the unknown ghosts. Yeah, uh, by Osborne. Osborne yeah. yeah, and Osborne do do some great stuff, and this is one of them. Now, it 
made me realise, and I don't know if you can see it here, because I can't quite see, but I decided that that's, that's Noel Fielding. <laughs> so I realised I'd seen him somewhere from my childhood when he cropped up again in a similarly strange sort of situation. He might be rude. He'd like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was great because I remember, I think this is what taught me about poltergeists. don't remember hearing of them before that. Um, the types of ghosts, ghosts of long ago, how to yes, spot a ghost. Oh, no, also, oh, yeah. I realized I did read on the back that it says, Whatever you do, do not transmit this by any means. So, oh, I wondered this could be a good yardstick for us much. if we get a takedown notice from Osborne, <laughs> we're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> of a thing and that's allowed so don't is it oh, more. oh right okay well yeah. i missed half of it then there, um, there you go. but yeah so there's some great <laughs> stuff in here it's advertising <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh forward by reese shearsmith as well i believe yes yeah which I, uh yeah I, i'm assuming he didn't do it originally no no as he would have been our age oh, yeah I think it came out in the 70s. I did read that. So, yes. Yeah. yeah, in fact, in fact, 1977. Yeah. Wow. A vintage year, that one. Not, you know that's not our year, though. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Uh, yeah. It was the year we were conceived, darling, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the other thing that I remembered a lot of was doppelganger. Can you see that yeah. doppelganger? Yeah. Because that was another first for me, learning what a doppelganger was, and that freaked me out. Pretty good. Um, and then it was it from the book, or, or was it you actually met your doppelganger? <laughs> just... I'm looking forward to that experience. It will be horrible. Um, yeah, and it was also in a game I used to play on the Spectrum called Feud. I don't know if Jennifer remembers that. No, you were a sorcerer. Now I was going to read this out briefly because it's another little horror thing, but I've lost it. So anyway, you were a sorcerer. Who... You certainly have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to go around uh, collecting plants and making potions and trying to beat your brother um, and you could zombify the local villagers <laughs> yeah um, so yeah that, that was great fun and that also had doppelganger in it so yeah, match that um, and then I've also watched Tigers Are Not Afraid which I thought was fantastic and it reminded me so I think it had the style of I would say sort of like Pan's Labyrinth um you're not you know it's sort of a strange um fairy mythology tale? yeah for, yeah fairy tale like so strange mixing with reality but it's not quite clear exactly what's uh happening um and what was the other, the other film i just think bobby mentioned which was city of god so yeah. it's quite oh, yes. quite gritty but we, yeah but with children i don't remember children have you have city you watched city of god I did a very long time ago. I remember yeah, that being it, very hard hitting. But it is kids. It's like it is, is it? it's okay. gang warfare. But it's like but I thought they were a bit older. Like sort of teenager. No, they're no, about like they are younger. They're sort of. I mean, the main certainly I remember the main kid you remember is like the sort of villain of the piece, and he's about mm. nine. Okay. I think they're all sort mm. of like just uh, preteen teen. Um, and just starting to get into gang. Yeah. And it's right. sort of like, it's quite sort of alarming that it's that young. Okay. But mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so that was good. film. Yeah. So that was my first uh, taste of Shudder as well. Mm. Oh. 
So, and I found a few more in there that I've lined up. So hopefully I'll be working through those. And then this might be controversial, maybe. It depends how much I'll upset Lee with it. But I've now watched Harry Potter one, two, and three because they're about as horror as Shelley is willing to watch. Uh, and it turns out, I think there is actually, you know, I don't think the kids are ready to watch them yet. They are, you know, we, we I think third or fourth one is... Um, a lot of suspense and thriller in yeah, them. Yeah. You like them? Yeah. I like them. So, so, yeah, yeah. so, so I think, yeah, Lee quite liked them. Now, Adam, I think you're not a big fan, are you? I've not seen them. So no. Well, I've, I've not seen it. them and I've not read the books. I just sort of like... Wait until Ted's when... old enough, then he will. Oh, I'm bound yeah. to see it then so, at some point. But yeah, I think so it was I was just quite put off it. wasn't aimed at me at the time, so yeah. I didn't follow through. Yeah. But, but yeah. I can definitely see how it's it's um, people have really liked it because it is a very accessible way to see this sort of magic and and horror esque themes. Mm. Um, so I can see how it's appealed to a lot of people. But yeah, it's it's a little bit too childish in some ways. Like so, I I still compare it to Lord of the Rings and, and other mm. um, yeah, other things like that where they kind of the, they're they were, more serious they were kind of the sort of companion franchises at the time, the yeah. two big ones were Harry Potter for kids and uh, Lord of the Rings for pretty much everyone yeah um, but yeah so, so I, I think they are pretty good I, I, I'm enjoying them more than I thought I would as I started to get into them. So I'm assuming they get they get even sort of more adult like, don't they? I was gonna say as the children get older, the story yeah. gets darker and darker as it progresses. Um until it finishes and then you get that spin off piece of shit, that fantastic piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's Luke's not... favourite named character ever. <laughs> New commander. Um so yeah, so so don't go there, um, unless you want to get really angry like me. Um, no, Chris will love it. I might, yeah, I might watch it just to see if I like it. And just to spite me. But the whole yeah. Harry Potter films are really, yeah, they are good. And as you say, they, they start off very child-friendly and become less and less. So if you saw the first ones when you were, you know, around the age that they were aimed at, the yeah. films sort of progress with you as they come out over the next 10 years or so. Uh, yeah, so I, it's, it's a good franchise. It's not one yeah. I'll watch on a regular basis, but I enjoyed them more than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, well, yeah, but, so I like the books. I mean, I, I do like the films, um, Lord of the Rings, but, but the, the books were a lot better. Yeah. I don't know about the Harry Potter books. Have you read the Harry Potter books? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I did. You did, yeah. Yeah, again, the book, you can make up your own imagination and, you know, you can see the things your own way, mm. yeah. can't you? So a film is always going to be just one version of what one person has decided. So, yeah, I think I prefer the books because you can make it up yourself, but the films are all right. Yeah. And the films do come with the added fun of running through British IMDb for the past 20 years. <laughs> yes. Of just everyone's in them. Yeah, uh, I do, I do mm. like that. It's got some of the actors in it, in the later ones as well, when they start getting the bigger names in. Um, yeah. yeah. I was surprised to see Gary Oldman. Yeah, mm. and his performance in it is just... He, a, I've seen that. I've seen the the Gary Oldman sequences or whatever, like like the tail end of that movie. And yeah, he's Mm. fucking brilliant. Although um, one that's not, I wouldn't say more obscure, but he's not as big a name. Uh, Do watch out for Jason Isaacs, who is, who's the horrible kid? Malfoy. Yeah, Yeah. his dad. 
Yeah, yes. is Jason yeah. Isaacs from Event Horizon? Yes. So I thought I recognised him from something. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. His, I don't know Jason Isaacs still. So let's look him up. Who is he in? He's Malfoy's dad. But who is he in Event Horizon? Oh, he's the doctor. He's one of the crew. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I like him in Harry Potter. He's good. Yeah, he is. He's always character. good, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. So, is that your roundup, Chris? You've done very well. I have. Yeah, that is. It's been a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, what have you been catching up with in the last few weeks? Well, mine's a bit more up to date, so I'm going to call it a Snickers. Um, but no, I had I had a week off at Christmas. <laughs> Oh, my word. I've managed to pack tons in. Like, for me, anyway, tons. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just been great. Um, we need to... One thing we obviously need to bring up is Martin's Close. What What were your thoughts, Lee? Martin's Close. The M.R. James. The, yes. Sorry, Pete yes. Baldy and, God, I um, didn't even write that down. Um, mm. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um I didn't think there was as much going. It was a more subdued story. Yeah. Um, but I I did like it. I found it really creepy. Um, I found it funny in places where it was yeah. supposed to be. Like the, the judge was such a dick. He was hilarious. Um, you I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. He got me a bit, though, because I think because Capaldi was like full serious. Yeah. The, the judge was almost like, Do you were you on the same set as him? because <laughs> he's really in a comedy film you know yeah. and sort of like yeah and Peter Capaldi's like you know doing an epic yeah um and I was a bit I was a bit weirded out by Simon Williams topping and tailing it like dressed like Rupert the Bear in a comfy chair which I know has I know it I know where why they've done it and it's very M.R. James in the idea of someone sits you down and tells you this story um yeah but it, I'm sorry, but that wasn't a creepy enough place to be sitting, or sort of old-fashioned <laughs> enough. It looked too cosy. Yeah, you know, it was like it sort of went a bit like you know when Roald Dahl turns up with a blanket over his legs at the start of um, Tales of the Unexpected. So, yeah, actually, to be that... fair, he is creepier with his starting things to. Oh uh... yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's because he yeah. is a very, very strange man. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But no, over overall, I I liked it, and it was uh, better than. The previous year, the Simon Callow actor one. It was definitely mm. a miles better than, than that. that yeah. yeah. So I was very taken with that. Um, the, uh, yeah. So, and I mean, linking to that, I mean, it's not sort of horror, but it is. It's certainly an event in this house. Um, uh, the uh, Doctor Who's back. Uh, they've done two episodes. Um, which was a bit of a shock because I thought they were just doing a New Year's Day episode. I didn't realise it was actually, we're now doing the series. Oh, um, nice. And they've brought the master back, but the, previously, obviously, he was Michelle Gomez yeah. um, was playing him, and she was brilliant. Um, they've now got um, uh, Sasha Dewan, who is the, uh, he was in the Tractate Meadoff. He's in yes. loads of other stuff yeah. as well, but he was like the main character in, he was really. Back. I saw him something recently. I can't remember what. But he was in Dracula. Seeing him saying, "That was what it was." Yes, of course. Yeah, yes, yes. But um, we'll but I mean, we come back to that. But um, yeah, the um, yeah. So he's the master now, and he 
is really fucking good. He just plays. He's an utter shitbag. He really is giving it. <laughs> no, he's he's like proper sort of like. Um, I don't know, Richard the Third sort of like horrible villain of the thing. So yeah, that's been brilliant to see. Um, I started watching a TV series called Shadows of Fear, which is an old seventies mm-hmm. one. I bought cheap. Um, watched a couple of episodes of that. It's like a sort of lower budget Tales of the Unexpected. Doesn't have anything. It's all like horror stories, but none of them have. I don't think there's anything so far. There's nothing supernatural. It's more sort of murders, and it's a bit inside Number Nine. Oh, okay. sort of, that, that sort of that sort of feeling where it's just sort of everything's. It's a twist, but it's always a bit nasty, mm. or it's like you know. Um, although the one I watched just before we were. Um, going to record um did have the it kept using the bit of music that's it's like a piece of library music stock music that's the comfy chair music in uh monty python so you know Uh, the spanish uh, inquisition where it's dan the comfy chair yeah they keep using that and i'm just thinking not the comfy chair (laughs) so it's a bit of an overblown one now they've they've done that perfectly so um, I've got some nice. I've got some nice bits and pieces over Christmas. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, me and Jennifer as well. Um, but I so of that lot, I watched The Giver, the Japanese sort of nineties uh, cyberpunk thing with Mark Hamill and oh, yeah. the, and the villain from uh, Reanimator. Not um, Jeffrey Coombs is in it, but not him. The guy who plays the head of the department who ends up who ends up yeah it's him yeah. And, i did um, actually see that when i was quite young it was yes. on sky when i was about 13 or 14 and doesn't mark hamill turn into some crazy weird yeah, he basically monster gets thing into a giant bug thing yeah, yeah. and wow. it's yeah it's i mean it's weird as arseholes but it's mm-hmm. you know it was fun and it there was a weird thing where i kind of watched it because i'd never seen it before but it was one of those ones where i was like i should have seen this because yeah. I thought certainly, like you guys, one of you would have seen it like at the time. So like, I kind of thought I might mention it's it on one or something, and was surprised that no one had seen it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that, that was. I mean, it's 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 not for everyone. That's the best way I can say. It's definitely a film that they'd enjoy. Um, so yeah, watch that. Watch Black Klansman, which is really just funny and a great great film that oh. is. I haven't um, seen it yet, but I do love Adam Driver, so I'll be very keen oh, to uh, check that you, out. Seriously, it's is, it is just piss funny. It really is. And, and all true as well, which is just yeah. funnier in a way. Um, I finally got to watch my special edition of Nightbreed. Ooh, they need to do, Yeah, they need to do it. HBO need to pick that up. They're worried about what they're going to do after Game of Thrones. No, they should do. They should just do a series of Nightbreed because the film doesn't give it the breathing space. The yeah. Film's, the film's good, but you can see there's like so much that's had to be truncated, even in the director's cut, like mm. the, um, the Arrow have released. It's, mm. um, yeah, there's still a lot of rush stuff, and you sort of like, there's oddly enough with this sort of thing, there, Clive Barker should be mined for this sort of thing because his stuff is so rich. Yeah, he's such a good world builder. He creates yeah. such a massive universe around around everything he does. I think, yeah. yeah. 
but for but for people who haven't seen it, it's basically um, uh, a man uh, discovers that he is essentially the chosen one of the night breed who are all the freaks and occult creatures and magical beasts that have been basically shunned and destroyed as the world and civilization of human civilization has progressed and they're all sort of stuck in this last sort of ditch uh, city called Midian um, and this guy is driven there but he's driven there by the fact that his psychiatrist has framed him for serial murders that his psychiatrist is performing himself um, mm. the psychiatrist in, pers- in this case is actually played by David Cronenberg oh, and mm. yeah just he does a because. really good job he really does it's you sort of forget oh yeah he's a director you know, you sort of think, oh, no, this is just a guy. He, because you know him, you kind yeah. of think, oh, yes. Yeah, but it's not because you've seen him in other things. It's because you know David Cronenberg. So it's like, oh, yeah, he's actually so he's so good that you kind of lose that thing of this is a cameo or this is like yeah. something unusual. He's just, yeah, he's just one of the cast. It's really good. But, yeah, that's... That he wears is one of the creepiest things I remember from my childhood. I remember seeing oh, pictures yeah. of him. Absolutely terrifying me. Yeah, that that would need to stay pretty yeah. much if they... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think HBO, I mean, obviously you listen to this podcast all the time. Um, we get so <laughs> many messages from you. Any hashtags um, in it and, you know, all that nonsense on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, they need... Send them an email every week, you know. They need to get involved. They, the yeah. Nightbreed is just so perfect for it. And, it's, and the book is as open-ended as the film. So it's like, yeah, just... You can write, yeah, extensively on it and and further create. Because that's the thing, like the whole thing of Midian, as you say, does feel rushed. You sort of see it in a a quick, Mm. you know, you've seen pass through. But yeah, you could build that up massively, so. Well, I mean, the book gives you everyone's, like, gives you people's backstories and stuff. They could do like a Orange is the New Black by the mm-hmm. time that they get to Midian and start working their way around, you just do an episode of everyone's story. Yeah. yeah. So you get like Pelequin's story and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and there is like there's stuff that's out there where there's been comics of Nightbreed and um, like I say in the actual original novel Cabal, there's a lot of stuff there. So you know it's really a, it just it's just right for it. I mean you'd get. You'd certainly get like a good, I don't know, three series certainly of what is just in the book. Yeah, you know, with the right writers and everything else like that. Yeah, don't don't do it and make it shit. That's that's the <laughs> proviso on this. You know. Um, and I also watched the Serpent and the Rainbow, which is the Ooh. Wes Craven voodoo film with uh, Bill Pullman uh, getting his uh, tackle nailed to a chair. Um, yeah, that, but I mean that's that's. Just a classic. I haven't seen it for so long, um, and it's yeah, it is a good film. More more of a thriller than a horror film, really. But it has so many dream sequences and hallucinations and sort of horror trappings that it is. It's still very clearly a Wes Craven film. Yeah, so. definitely. I saw it for the first time maybe four or five years ago. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Jennifer watched it, it with me, but right. she doesn't remember it. So, no, yeah, well, you right. remember the tackle bit. You'd have to stand <laughs> out, wouldn't you? But no, it must be. Was I asleep at that point? Possibly. <laughs> I mean, that's an unfortunate reflection on Bill Pullman, isn't it? I don't remember his tackle getting nabbed. He must have not, didn't, obviously didn't stand out. You know? 
Um, but yeah, and oh, and the other thing that I really need to mention is Kuso, which is Flying Lotus's film, which is just mental. And frankly, it's one of those things where it's like, I really love it. I don't know who I'm recommending it to because I'd imagine it's so sort of like one of those things that are just full. You've got to be in the right frame or the right altered state and just be what and just watch it and enjoy it. But yeah, it's a serious, it's really weird because it's sort of like, it's somewhere between like a stoner comedy, like say trip tank or um, sort of Kevin Smith almost sort of bits. Yeah. But in a sort of William Burroughs style world shot like an art film, like every without a shadow of a doubt, everything in it looks amazing and also has the common decency to look shit where it's meant to. Um, and, there's, <laughs> and there's loads. And frankly, this is the best way I can see it. Uh, uh, this is the best recommendation I can make. If you are prepared to sit through a lot of body horror like disease body horror and you're willing to put up with a lot of dick jokes but you do get to see George Clinton that's as in Parliament and Funkadelic as a, as a man who has a tiny insect doctor up his bum who can cure a man of his fear of breasts and and you see the insect it's yeah there's it's like it's almost like you know the the fatty bum bum video. Yes. It's like that sort of tail, the top and tail of that with the Lady Gaga stuff. It's almost like sort of yeah. It's just daft, but so pleased with it. Not pleased with itself, but just pleasing. Like it don't give a fuck. Yeah, and it's you like, enjoy it for that. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. It's like we're gonna put in a load of like piss and fart jokes, but also I'm gonna do this shot lovingly for quite a while and it just looks it looks like shit like from Excalibur or like sort of you know um yeah it's just very very weird but like I say I highly recommend it but I don't know who I highly recommend it to because there's plenty of people out there who'd tell me to go fuck myself so yeah I genuinely don't know (laughs) excellent that all sounds good you have been busy Jennifer is there anything you would like to discuss well, yeah, I, I feel like because we've had you know two and a half weeks off over Christmas, I don't feel we've watched as much as we should have done. Perhaps I agree. Yes, um, Dracula. I think we should come to yeah. as that will probably be a group discussion. I was going, I was going to make a suggestion. Go on. Did you want to do Dracula as a bonus episode? Because yes. I think we could all. About? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah. So no more. So we're going to park that there, folks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, we will bring you a Dracula bonus episode because I think it's one of those things where everyone's fucking seen it. Yes. Now, oh, and actually, people at work who I mm. would never assume would like horror have been yep. saying, oh, did you see Dracula? And I'm like, yeah. I did. You did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so no more. Right. So, um, yeah. So Chiller, are you going to talk about Chiller? I will allow you to talk about okay. Chiller if you like. Yes. So Adam, I believe, lent us Chiller. Bought me chiller oh, for bought Christmas. Bought for Christmas. Oh, okay. Didn't know the origins, but yes, and Merry Christmas to our lives. Um, yeah, really good. I mean, retro horror is always interesting. 
Mm-hmm. It's a nineteen. Is it nineteen nineties? It was out. I think it's it's early nineties. It's like nineteen ninety two or something oh, like that. His name Tim. Oh, John Tim, doesn't it? It's got all those nineties yeah, actors. Tim. Yeah, yeah. Clues, yeah. Nineteen ninety-five. Ninety-five. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, all, all very good stories. All very. I'm going to assume it's BBC. I might be wrong, but it's got that feel of. I think it might be ITV. Okay. Yes. I am on the yeah. IMDb's now. But it certainly has got all to it. Um, yeah, I mean nothing horrific, but all ITV. Oh, ITV yeah. uh, all those slightly odd stories, some yeah. more spooky than others. But again, yeah, very good actors. Yeah, again, like you were saying, lots of people you know. So yeah, John Sim, Martin Clunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great to see all that. Uh, Nigel Havers as well. So they had some uh, some more old school actors in there as well. Um, yeah, I really, I, I, like I said, I, hmm. some of them were more horror than others. Um, but we got all the way through it in a couple of nights. Uh, yeah, and I enjoyed every story. It was really, really good. Um, and Jennifer made one of those moments when she, she doesn't do it very often, but sometimes she says something which is so not her, it just makes me laugh. What did I say? Um, it's when the, there's two guys, there's a, a guy fighting with an older lady, and I said, he'd definitely be able to overpower her. He should definitely have that. And you just said out of the blue, yeah, he's punching the tits. <laughs> and I launched sparkling water out of my nose because it was coming out of character. She's quite practical, Jennifer, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. I was thinking. Do whatever think, needs to be done. I think yeah, you're think you're just going roller derby on it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. This one was being ridiculous. I was like, look, just, just deal with it. Not, not trying to hold her back and get, you know, she was scratching and everything. I think. Yeah, I was like, surely just. Yeah. Tip punch. Yeah, practically, but yes. Um, yeah, no, it's a good, good yeah, series. It though. was, yeah. yeah. So if you get a chance to get your hands on that, any listeners um, who like the old British TV, um, mm. yeah, the sort of the ghost stories for Christmas and stuff. It's not as old as that. It's it's newer. Um, but yeah, really, really good series. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've done a bit of reading. So I read the, now the book that Adam bought me, and I've forgotten the name of it because it sounds like it's IKEA linked, isn't it? Oh, um, is it horror? Horror, horror yes like, like a accent over the r and no that's e. it yes i don't even know how to pronounce it because it's swedish um but yes all done out the book's very pretty it looks like ikea pages with different um you know chairs and um, bookshelves and things but the whole story is yeah horror related um and yeah pretty dark and interesting and yeah very good read so i very much cool. enjoyed that thank you adam um, and I read The Secret History by Donna Tart, which, again, it's not your typical horror, but it is horrific. It's about people and um, how they end up kind of, they all get together at university and then they end up basically killing someone and how it all progresses from there. But it's really well written from how they're thinking about it and processing it and how it sort of moves on over time. Um, so that's very interesting. Um, and then we've literally just started this evening, Gremlins 2. Mm. Hey. Got around oh, to that three weeks I've been chasing yeah. that. Three mm. weeks. Yeah, me and Claire watched Gremlins 2 yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. It's a Christmas film. So it was Is that what I was going to say? Yeah. To watch, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we've only watched probably 20 minutes or so, so yeah. far. But I forgot about the uh, Bugs Bunny starter. That's interesting. Yeah. 
reminded me how horrific Bugs Bunny is, really, and that we should probably watch some of those. Yes. Just as a recap, and things like Tom and Jerry as well, mm -hmm. that are pretty horror. You know, I mean, maybe Chris should be showing these to his children or not. It's worrying. We're already, uh, we've already got Ted on Warner Brothers. Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. yeah, good, good. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was very good. And that's about it, really. What else have you been watching? Excellent. I probably so, watched as well and forgotten about. Yes. Um, uh, so, uh, Spookies I rewatched, uh, as we discussed before, following uh, Not For Everyone covering it. Yep. Um, yeah, if you want to see a whole lot of different monsters in a very short period of time with no real explanation as to why any of them are there. That's it sounds like you've just described the new cat film. <laughs> yeah, right. Which I, I've not seen yet, or are we no. talking about it? But yeah. Uh, so just to give you a quick rundown, I made a note. So there's the hook hand wolfman. <laughs> um, there's the fart monsters, zombies, evil necromancer, <clears throat> mermen, uh, giant alien looking monsters, uh, crone like witches. Uh, living Grim Reaper statue, and finally Spider Woman, which is not like Spider Man, but no. he's like a woman who's a big fuck off spider. Um, yeah, all in a very short period of time. So that was, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's mental. It's just a mental film. It's lots of nice imagery with a kind of half ass story. Is it a real film? Yes. Is yes. it a old film? Eighties. Uh, oh, okay. I'll have to show you it. I think you might. You might hate it, but mm. yeah, I'd find it funny. Um, uh, I did want to see. I did want to see Spookies after they covered it on him. It's good. I'll, I'll lend you my copy so you can uh, can watch it because it, it's on. I think it's on YouTube, but it's not very good quality. And it's it's one of those films that everything happens in the dark, so yeah. you need decent quality copy to watch. Otherwise. Miss all of this monster, which you don't want to. Miss. Hardware I watched following our discussion of it a couple of weeks ago, um, and it being a Christmas film, which I didn't yes. remember at all. Um, yeah, I've got to admit it didn't hold up for me at all. Yeah, no, um, I love the sound. Uh, I love like the music and everything in it. I thought it was really good. Um, and I've forgotten all. I Kind of how almost monochromatic shot is just black and red. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's, it works out really. Well. It's yeah. So I I wasn't a massive fan, but I didn't. It's again. I think I, I, probably, I think it's like the Giver. It's in a very similar sort of. It's that early nineties sci-fi cyberpunk. Um, more two thousand AD than anime. But yeah, it's yeah. So was that one you were recommending to me to watch? Oh, definitely. I think yeah, I okay. still think you would. Yeah, I do think you'd like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think you'd enjoy it more than I did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is good. Uh, Zombie Land Two. I finally got around to catching. Oh yeah, any good? Uh, on Christmas Day, we sat and watched that. Um, yeah, it's it's as you'd expect. Really, it's pretty good. Uh, it, it's not as good as the original as obviously you wouldn't expect it to be um but yeah it had its moments it was funny the zombies were pretty brutal and nasty um yeah 
it works. It works. Well, it was the first one. You, you know, it's not really a surprise anymore. Whereas the first one was quite original from what it did, really. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it counts as horror or not, but we did see it. We watched The Lighthouse. Oh. Ooh. Have you seen that? No, but I really want to. Well. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I think it's maybe a film. Not. I think it's a film for men. Men that went to a public school together. And I imagine it's basically, um, you know, a analogy, not an analogy, one of those sorts of words. Allegory. Allegory, mm-hmm. probably. Yes. Metaphor. Maybe one of those things Similes. about going to public school together and sharing a place with another man. I saw it mm. as a dry January advert, but, oh, um, yes. but massively pretentious. Um, mm. I didn't dislike it. Probably in it. then. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think you'd love it. <laughs> um, it's, beautifully, it's beautifully shot it's a really strange aspect ratio and it's all in black and white mm. um it's beautifully shot the characters like those two bear in mind there's only two yeah people very in well it. done yes they are yeah. absolutely mm. phenomenally good in it really 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 good um so yes we probably all know two people like that they get very drunk at parties and would start fighting each other i think we've probably and all then got start hugging each friends other in mind. Yeah. yes um but yeah like mm. the yeah the 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 performances it's worth watching just for the performances alone mm. um absolutely outstanding as yeah. i i mean you expect it from willem defoe because obviously he's been doing it a long time um so I was I wasn't quite so sure if Pattinson could sort of hold up next to him in such mm. a heavy role. He absolutely does, absolutely fantastic. So uh, this is all I keep hearing though is like Robert Pattinson's just like in stuff and knocking it out of the park, uh, and he is the new Batman. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. Is he now? Before yeah. having watched this. I would have, no, yeah, yeah, I'd have said, well, that's mm. good because I don't want to watch Batman anyway. But <laughs> I'm now actually tempted mm. because, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, and finally, uh, Ready or Not, we saw the new oh, um, yeah. comedy horror. Uh, Again, one I really want to see. I think it looks good. But... Oh yes, I did. And I read a review on it earlier. Robin Ince has just done a review on his um, comic book shambles. That'd be the book one. The other shambles he does. Lots he shambles. Yes, yeah. Uh, I was literally reading that on Twitter earlier, and his review of it was really interesting. What he kind of linked into it, and he mentioned things like Twin Peaks and all sorts of other kind of references. That yeah, I was like, yeah, I can see that definitely. Mm. It was uh, yeah, it was it was brilliant. It's it's everything you expect. It's it's horror comedy, but it leans more on the horror side. But the comedy lands every time really well written uh everyone's performances in it were fantastic um yeah really good enough twists and turns and things that you don't see come in um it reminded me quite a lot of um your next oh yes. but with, yeah but with more comedy so like the, the gore and everything is just as just as intense um but yeah the comedy in it works fantastically he says um the family are more blue blood than blue colour. And it's a film with no fat in it at all. A perfect 90 minutes. That's, um, and it's now high on the list of wedding films. It's a wedding for the number one position. 
Interesting. So, so there we go. So that's Robin yeah, Instead. Yes. Um, and a link, he says it has hints of Heather's society yeah. and perhaps Lucio, is it Fulci? Fulci? Yeah, yeah, Fulci. Uh, House by the Cemetery. Oh, cool. So there you go, yeah. Um, and previous listener, uh, previous guest on the show and still frequent listener, Darnie, um, was watching it before he came around. So we had a New Year's Eve party, which he came to, and he was watching it during the day and he was texting me as he was watching it with each kill going, yeah, that was a bit, oh, no. Uh, oh. Um, yeah, and he couldn't wait mm. to see me. He had to keep me updated kill by kill. Um, but speaking of him, uh, I do owe him a thank you. Yes. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Drum roll. Oh, <laughs> thank you for this. When the police are looking for a man who is holding up an off licence wearing a Cthulhu balaclava. <laughs> if I was still drinking, I would, but I'm not. But, um, but yeah, this was a Christmas present from uh, from Darnie. So uh, thank you, Darnie. I promised him I'd wear it on the show. To shake the tentacles. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I promised him I'd wear it on the show. So, uh, I think you shouldn't take it off now. That is too good. <laughs> it's a bit warm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I had a few other things, but we are it's 40 on, minutes yes. in and we haven't got to the film yet. So, mm. uh, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> I shall save those for another day. I, I, anyone who likes really terrible films, though, before I talk about it, go and watch Tammy and the T-Rex. It's all on YouTube. Oh, and before we go any further, I'll, I'll, I'll just say I want it on record. There's a show on called The Masked Singer, and I think that The Hedgehog is Steve Pemberton from The League of Gentlemen. I'll just leave Ooh. it there. I just okay. want it on record. Right. right. Right, we need to check this out, find out what that's all about. All, all don't believe me is no. like... All it's, don't. It's the new, is it like the new Saturday night? Because there's yeah. no strictly or something. Yeah, it's all yeah. celebrities dressed in ridiculous costumes and they mm -hmm. sing and a panel have to guess who they are. And then they Oh, no, well, the trouble is they're only unmasking one of one an episode so and there's bit. like... Yeah. 18 of them, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's that. that's so just weeks of your life, Adam. Yeah, no, just mm. tune it. We're just going to tune in to see the unmasking right. because okay. we've seen everyone who's singing on it now, so it's yep, just a right. case of right, eliminate. We... Yeah, mm. but I'm convinced that's Steve Pemberton. So that's okay. um, basically the way I can describe this film is you know, Paul Verhoeven movies, you know, like Robocop and stuff like yeah. that, you know, when they're flicking channels, yeah, or like Running Man. When they're flicking any dystopian mm -hmm. 80s sci-fi, yeah. this feels like a show that you'd see 20 <laughs> seconds of and everyone would talk about it like, um, you know, like uh, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Just right. one of those things that's absolutely nothing to do with the film, but everyone kind of hooks on, but literally because it's like 12 seconds yeah. or whatever oh. like that. Yeah, it's that's what this show feels like. So, Do you yeah. think, does it still count to their viewing figures if people just tune in for the last 10 minutes? Oh, couldn't give a monkeys. If I understand the ratings right, you have to see 50, there has to be 15 minutes, which is why the lottery is a 15 minute show. Oh, oh right. You have to okay. be 15 so minutes or longer to count to ratings. Yes. That's interesting. There I didn't go. know that. Well, that's what it used to be. I mean, I'm talking like years ago. I mean, obviously now we're sort of people uh, viewing iPlayer and you know, yeah. Yeah. streaming and stuff like that. It could be it, mm -hmm. ratings are probably completely different now. 
But when it was just old school. 15 minutes of anything nowadays, like. Well, exactly. You know, a 15 minute on YouTube. Oh, no. No. That's far too long. Oh, it's an epic. It is. It is. Um, Right. So, uh, following our last episode where we covered The Exorcist, we have gone by Exorcist 3. Why we skip 2? Would you like to explain that to the viewers? Mm. It's crap. Does it not follow on? No. So 2 is a prequel. So it's the exorcism that he did previously. No, 3 follows on. 2 is is half and half. It's like Godfather Uh, 2. You get a prequel of uh, Father Merrin's previous exorcism Mm -hmm. and you get Mm -hmm. the continued story of Reagan, Linda Blair's character. And And Richard Burton turns up as the priest in that one. And the music's by Ennio Morricone. It looks mental, and it still manages to not be that much cop, which uh, is quite impressive. <laughs> no, um, we did have somebody, uh, one of our listeners, did say, though, that he's one of the only people who enjoyed it. So, Stan, oh, I, I enjoy it, but enjoy I, it. I wouldn't inflict it on other people. <laughs> um, As opposed to, very differently, this film. Mm. Oh, yes, which, I'd inflict this on a lot yes. of people. Um. Yeah, I think one of the first things to mention, as I've mentioned it multiple times in my notes, just how funny the, this mm. film is. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'd forgotten Kinderman and Dyer's... Um, uh, their dialogue between the two of them when they go to the cinema and everything. Mm. Just two yeah. cantankerous well, old men. They're just absolutely hilarious. I've yeah. been down a, a few bits. I was going to say, like, and... I'm sure you'll disagree with this strongly, Lee, but and possibly Adam. But the dialogue actually made me think of Quentin Tarantino because it was a lot of talking that didn't need to be there but was entertaining. It's yeah, it's kind yeah. of like I always think of it as kind of like those nineteen thirties, twenties gangster movies. Where it's like, So what are you gonna do, kid? You're gonna look at it that way, you're gonna look at it this way. Whatever you're gonna do, you're gonna see it that way round, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do, boss. And it's kind of that sort of rapid fire sort of yeah. Like like when they were leaving the theatre and he's talking about the cop in the bathtub. And it's like that's got nothing to do with the story whatsoever. And yet I am loving hearing what you're gonna tell me you're gonna do about the cop in the bathtub. (laughs) I can I can I can give you a factoid on the carp in the bathtub. That speech is in the original Exorcist novel. Uh, um, and it's also in Legion, the novel that Exorcist yeah. 3 is based on. So it's William Peter nice. Blatty... Liked it so much. Really, <laughs> he, he's pleased with that line. But, but that's something I've, that. I've never heard anybody ever talk about a carp <laughs> in any way. Oh. Yeah, like, all right, you go fishing for a carp, that's it, and then you throw him back. Uh, like, I ate carp for my first time in Transylvania and it tasted a bit like someone had taken cod and rubbed mud into it. Mm. It was very unpleasant. That's why you put it in a bath for a week. <laughs> to get, all, yeah. get, nice yeah. get all the impurities yeah. out, yeah. yeah. That might be next Christmas dinner, darling. No, we're going back to Goose. That was a winner. <laughs> um, I, I think it's also just because both of them just deliver the lines. That mm. they, it's, it's their comic friendship but they mm. don't break character with each other no yeah. they yeah. both sort of adopt yeah. this grumpiness and everything yeah. and it's like yeah, well, and they both they both think they're going there to make each other feel better yeah, as well, aren't they? yeah. <laughs> i like that i do like that 
So uh, yeah, like, it's such a good job of building up their relationship, which then meant later on that yeah, you could really feel for him trying mm-hmm. to handle what happens. Yeah. Um, and and again, like the acting was fantastic. I thought. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any duds in this one. And mm. but like George C. Scott is just tremendous because he's like he's Kinderman and right. he just. I mean, he's yeah. always good in stuff, but I think he's just like you said that bit after uh, Dyer's killed, and he's dealing with it but not dealing with it yeah. and so on and so it's just like it comes out it, yeah it's you know, so well done just... without ham- someone having to hammer it home or big yeah. strings on the soundtrack or anything else like that it just it's just him mm. but even he... having it like actually like breaking down i mm. thought was quite like forward you know because mm. men that's not the thing is it so yeah. to have that shown in a film was actually quite you know poignant i thought yeah, so especially for that character as well, you could tell mm. he wasn't the type of character who would normally. Um, mm. Yeah, so just that bit when you just see him snap at the mm. at the hospital. Yeah, uh, his administrator. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, just hammers it home how totally out of his comfort zone he is, and how he's not used to having yeah. to deal with that. And it's yeah, and like as you say, it's their performances that bring. Mm. None of this is ever spoken. <clears throat> and they just you get so much of a feel for that how that person is just from from a very short period of seeing them on screen. And I, I mean, that, and it's not something that is a holdover from the first film, because obviously no. Kinderman meets Dyer, he meets Karras, but mm. you know there is no. I mean, obviously he ends it with uh, him taking. Uh, Dyer off to um, uh, sort of like saying to him, "Do you do you like the film? Do you like the movies? I've got t- I get tickets, oh, yeah, yeah. which, as we discover in this film, his free pass is his police badge, yeah. and he just screams up in a police car an official business." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's sort of so it's it is entirely within that first 30, 40 minutes or whatever like that that they create. A really strong, good relationship between them. Yeah. But and you then get the proper level of sort of devastation that he is feeling. Mm. Mm. And actually, I think it's also the thing of you kind of it's that thing of yeah, he's a cop, but obviously, why would he become a cop originally if he didn't care? Yeah, mm. but obviously, like I don't know, it's up. like why my teacher. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, originally you cared <laughs> because you like holidays. Yeah. <laughs> um, my one thing that I did find that I made a note on um, is obviously Kinderman and Karras meet in the first one, but only fairly briefly. Mm. Whereas in this one, at the beginning, he describes him as being like his best friend and talks about him as if they yeah. were special relationship so i'm assuming that possibly in the book there there's more of a relationship between the two of them mm. that well, wasn't possibly in the film but so how long how far on is this i, I think they did say it it's literally whatever it's the same year so it's it, oh, okay. like, I thought it was because they talked 17, about how he's been wandering around 15 with years. Yeah. Yeah, 15 yeah, years 15 years they say yeah but i think 
because I've not read yeah. Legion. I really should, mm. but I've read The Exorcist. And no, The Exorcist that you see on the screen is pretty much as it is. Mm. So, it, you know, a lot of people make the thing of saying, oh, it is in Legion, but apparently mm. that was like William Peter Blatty sort of rewrote it a bit. Or, so, you know, it's it's my characters, I'll do what I like. So he kind of built up this thing that, like, Kinderman had had this sort of mm, friendship. They may not have that many friends and they just happen to get on. And so, you know, yeah, yeah true. It's. Yeah. Um, I had a couple more quotes that I thought mm. were great. Jesus loves you, everyone else thinks you're an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah. And the lemon drops and pop, I think it's addictive. Yes. That, and that line of dialogue is in the original Exorcist uh, novel. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So they're it's taking not few... in. It's not in Legion. So again, ah. although he was like, well, I didn't get the, I didn't get was, the trail well, line in, last clearly, yeah. in the film. So I'm going to put it in the book this time. I'll put it yeah. in the book again, and then this time, right, I'm putting that in. I and it's about agree lemon drops, and they yeah. cut out. Fools. Um, and what? And oh, we've seen a wonderful life, like 37 times. But then, oh, who's he talking to? Someone above him whose favourite is the flyer. That seemed a bit random. Was was the flyer yeah. around? Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. That made me laugh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the, the original Vincent Price, the flyer, from the 50s. Which uh, is a great film. Okay. But that... But obviously, um, yeah, Cronenberg's flyer was out before this. And that guy is in... He's in that version of the fly oh is he really yeah i think he's in the or is he might be the fly too but it's one of the like later remake ones but yeah he's in so i think that's probably an in joke i don't know and then and then a bit later on may the schwartz be with you didn't he say yeah yeah Yeah. is that not from space yeah yeah I thought surely it can't be. When we were watching it, I nearly turned to you and went. And I thought, no, I must have just imagined that. <laughs> um, and then, and then the last weird one was um, at some point. Now I don't know the names. Who is it? Who he turns into? The actor I've seen. He's in um, June. Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif. Yeah, like and I love him. He's fantastic. Not obviously, mm. I don't know his name, but um, it's yeah, not a I, quote. It's not a quote from Legion, man, but I had to write it down for you because I know your love of mm. June. It's by, Will I, it's by Will Alone I set my mind in yes, motion. That's it's it. by the juice of Sappho that thoughts acquire speed, the lips acquire stains, the stains um, become a warning. It's by Will Alone I set my mind in motion. motion. Yes, that is excellent. <laughs> Very um, good. Yeah, Brad Dourif's in uh, David Lynch's June. He's in mm. um, Blue Velvet as well. Um, I've not seen that. Uh, it, it, I mean, that's, it's a great film, but Brad Dourif is just like... Mm. He's the voice of Chucky. Um, yeah. he's, well, he's... So he's one of the, he's another one of those actors who made his money in some really big films and does loads of indie stuff. Now he doesn't need to make money; mm. he can just pick and choose the films he does, and he does loads of really good low budget indie films. Um, yeah, so he's still doing loads of stuff. Yeah, um, like, um, obviously, because he the first sort of film that he drew sort of like got famous was he was uh, Billy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest oh. uh, oh, yeah. like the, young, yeah, the young guy uh, with the stammer and yeah. Um, 
yeah, he's uh, so yeah, he's in that. Uh, Grim Prairie Tales, which I only mentioned because everyone should see Grim Prairie Tales. It's amazing. Um, wise Blood. He's in Alien Resurrection. Um, yes. Yeah, I did see the, that. He's Absolutely. the scientist yeah. in Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Um, he's Worm Tongue in the Lord of the Rings yes. films. Um, he's Sheriff Brackett in Halloween and Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie uh, oh. Halloween. Yeah. Of which, of which we shall never speak again. Um, <laughs> uh, Wizard of Gore. Um, he's in the Werner Herzog Bad Lieutenant and my son, my son. What have you done? Which I know that uh, Bobby on uh, Not for Everyone podcast mm-hmm. has recommended to me. He also recommended it to Adam, and Adam spent about five minutes screaming at him about why did he make him watch this film. <laughs> Um, he's in Critters 4 um, Colour of Night the film where we all found out that Bruce Willis had a tiny cock um, I've seen that uh, yeah Where's Death Machine or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just checking he's, he was in he was the character Doc, Doc Cochran in Deadwood he's done loads and loads of telly he's in Star Trek Voyager um, but I'm oh Tales of the Unexpected, where he's a hitchhiker in one episode, which I saw yes. in the middle of the night the other a while back. But that's that was really great. Uh, but I am going to have to say Luther Lee Boggs in the X Files, who uh-huh. is the uh-huh. killer that Mulder has captured. Uh, Mulder helped catch, who has um, the ability to channel the dead, and he channels uh, Scully's father. Uh, ah, just after he dies, it's like I think it's first series, and he's really yeah, um, he's just great in that. But again, you've asked him to play an incarcerated serial killer. Yeah, was he, he cast? I think so. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. they definitely saw Exorcist three because pretty much half the cast have also been in the X Files. Uh, so they obviously just sort of like were like, well, we need something, and and in similar sort of roles. So it's like we need a creepy nurse. We need a <laughs> Dodgy doctor, you know. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm gonna say I like I love Brad Dourif. I think he's fantastic. Uh, so I like a lot of his independent stuff. He was in a film called The Hazing with Tiffany Shepherd. Oh um, yes, I really really enjoyed. Have um, you seen a film called Ginger Clown? I've got it, but I haven't seen it. He's in that, and I just that looks like it might be quite entertaining. Like someone okay. said, it was just a sort of it's. Very eighties, very no, like deliberately very eighties, yeah. and very knows what it is, and yeah, apparently it's just good. So, Excellent. should try that. Um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, uh, the same as with George C. Scott, um, Brad Dourif's delivery of his monologues and everything, mm. so just good. staggering. Yeah. Just mm. nails every every line. It's yeah, it, it's it's he's one of those people. He's a pleasure to watch. I find yeah. monologues stuff like that sometimes a bit boring and it drags out but he puts so much into it and he's mm. so he does sinister yeah. and funny expressive. Mm. yeah mm. so yeah so he's just, just a fantastic actor yeah um no he's he's uh and strangely enough i haven't watched it yet i will report back when i do but i've got the the i have the arrow blu-ray and, my, and obviously we watched the theatrical one but that has the legion cut on there which is william peter blatty's original version essentially um okay. which is because basically 
what happened was, you know, uh, the uh, Father Molding, the priest who you sort of see at the start, briefly in the plans. middle, and then turns yeah. up to commit an exorcism. Yeah. That was all yeah. refilmed after ah. after the event because they kind of wanted. Um, basically, the studio said, "Well, there's no exorcism in this, so we can't call it the Exorcist Three. And William uh-huh. Peter Blatty said. The book's called Legion, and I wanted to call it Legion. And they were like, no, we're going to call it The Exorcist 3, because uh, that's how it'll make box office. Um, but you haven't got an exorcism in it, so can we have an exorcism? So he goes back and puts that in. And basically, yeah. very tacked on, to be fair, didn't it? I mean, it was very, it had nothing to do with the story at all. And, interestingly enough, Jason Miller playing Karras, or returning to play Karras, mm. um, he wasn't originally involved either. They got. They said, "Look, he's playing Damien Karras again." It was like a studio decision where they were like, "But people aren't going to work this out that Brad Dourif is meant to be well, the, and, the killer and within." Him in it. Yeah. So they put wow. and I, that. I kind of think is quite a good decision, not just because yeah. you get to see Jason Miller being mm. in it, but also just it kind of, especially because no one else is who they are. Like none I was of about the original to say, actors. because they recast, yeah, they did recast uh, Kinderman and Dyer. So, yeah, yeah, if you didn't have him, yeah, then maybe it'd be difficult to you quite know, marry all the points. Yeah. yeah. So, they've, so they've got him in, uh, and that was, like, refilmed. Um, it worked well, because it took me a while. I'd be like, am I just imagining this? Is that the same mm. bloke or not? Yeah. So, it, well, you know, actually, effect, it was quite... Yeah, and I, I think they also got like you know there's parts where the voice changes, mm. some of it goes deeper and things like that. And obviously there's a and there's also the creepy old woman's voice that yeah. comes out. That is who incidentally that's Jewel C. Scott's wife. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh no. Um, who who was an actress, but yeah, she, oh, she okay. so she yeah she wasn't it wasn't just old missus in the car. Do you mind finding her something to do? <laughs> you know. Um, no, she's actress in her own right. I've got. I did, I, I did make a note. I, I will Mrs. credit Mrs. Uh, Scott. <laughs> Colin Dewhurst. Okay, um, of the butchers. Yep, and uh, yep. oh, Lee was so pleased with that fact. <laughs> yeah. I know. To leave the room. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's. It's because he's remembered. He's got a Colin Dewhurst T-shirt. And he's going to change into it and bring it back and. Yeah. Oh, he's got her out in the car. He's just remembered. Oh. <laughs> yeah, bring her in, you know. But um, but yeah, apparently, I think they they got Jason Miller to record some of the dialogue, and that gets looped under Brad Dourif. Oh, and obviously, they play yeah. with pitch and sort of mm. stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of it gets intermingled, and they were going to have a morphing effect so that it would be. But apparently that doesn't. They tried it and it just didn't look much cop. Although mm. it's in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the actual film they were like, no, I don't think this works particularly well. So I they needed it. I think the different because mm. like, they threw me yeah. because it almost was one minute was one and the next bit was and you were like, hang on a minute, what have I missed? And it, mm. I think that worked quite well to put you on edge and yeah. Mm. Definitely. And I think, but yeah, so that, that's like, a, the, and like I say, the, the Nicole Williamson, the priest who comes in, mm. was not in it at all. No. And that was like an 11th hour hiring and reading yeah. like and everything. Um, it felt like that. It was a bit like when he turns off the end, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. I might miss some other stuff in the middle somewhere where yeah. he's more involved. But yeah, you know, fair enough. 
<laughs> but I think he's um, also that the guy who plays Father Morning, Nicol Williamson, interestingly enough, is mentioned by name in the novel of Legion. I don't know right. in what context. I don't know whether it's Kinderman and right, Karras okay. talking about actors they like, but obviously it was like, yeah. <laughs> who, what actors are you like? Well, Nicole Williamson, you've read the book, you know, so uh, get him uh, in to do it. Why not? He yeah. was, he, and he, he's really, he's Merlin in Excalibur, directed oh, by John okay. Borman, who is the director of Exorcist to The Heretic. So oh. it, it all forms a, a giant worm eating itself. Mm. So yeah. He's also in Columbo, How to Dial a Murder, which is a particularly notable Columbo episode. Oh, I with the dogs and Rosebud. I shall leave it there. Oh. But yeah. The Columbo okay. fans out there know what I'm talking about. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh, Claire's doing a little dance. So. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. Rosebud. What else is Rosebud mentioned in? Um Citizen Kane. That's it, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's also the name of the uh, vulture in the cartoon Mad, Mad, Mad Monster Party that we watched oh. recently. Anyway, Sorry. back to this. Um, I did make a note also as well. You can tell the progression from the 70s to the 90s. I've written no subtlety, exclamation mark, exclamation <laughs> mark. So obviously the, the proof that the, the devil was at work in the original was little things like her floating above the bed and opening the drawers when she's tied well, down. Well, to her neck going all the way uh, around yeah, yeah. and the vomit was slightly less subtle, yes, but, but yeah. But that compared to, yeah. uh, yes, the cell being full of cobras and fire yes, and the lightning the destroying the floor. Um, is, yeah. is that what Pazuzu would regard as a vulgar display of power? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very vulgar. It's 15 years trapped in some, in a... A priest's damaged brain trying to re knit it one uh, cell by cell has <laughs> clearly sort of like just brought out the vulgar. So it's like, you fuck off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you were right because you said it that this really, um, this film really did hold up, and I was a little bit concerned because I've not seen it mm. probably 10 15 yeah, years. I don't remember anything about it at all when you said about watching it. I was like, yeah, can I be bothered? But no, it's really good, mm. really funny. Yeah. What did you make of it, Chris, as a first viewing? Because obviously it's, it is very different to the original. Mm. Well, not the original, but the first movie. Yeah, well, I, I think I prefer it mm. because I kind of liked... It almost felt more subtle throughout, until the end, as we've said. It yeah. felt a bit tacked on. But just, yeah, just the whole thing worked so well. Um, and the story of him not knowing who he was and like you say, build, rebuilding his brain and um, taking over other people and like just, you know, I don't know, the whole thing just worked really well and with the great dialogue, which, uh, so I think in the first one, and it might be, like I said on, on that episode, I think having seen the spoofs, it's so hard to watch that mm. in the way that it was meant at the time now. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, mm. and so, so what I really liked about the first one was everything that wasn't the action parts. And it was similar to this, but there was hardly any action in this one, mm. really. Mm. And and I think that just worked so well. It really built the uh, mm. yeah the, the yeah, sense just, of what's going on without... It just saved all the horrificness, but they didn't actually yeah. show it, didn't yeah. they? they literally just talked about it afterwards and it mm. worked yeah mm. so yeah I, I thought it was fantastic well claire watched it with me and i think again well, 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, she, she's, she's the exorcist. Yeah, she shit that. it. So after, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's it. Anything yeah. now. Bring <laughs> it on, you pricks. I've seen the scariest movie in the world. Yeah. Well <laughs> um, but, um, but like she said, is curiously enough, there is a, it's more unsettling. But as I said, it's because it hasn't entered like pop culture to mm. the extent that The Exorcist mm. has that you're familiar with it. Yeah. So it's mm. kind of pretty brand new as a film, which yeah. in many ways is because I think this is this is something I had a rant in the car about to her as well, bless her, um, about how I pref- I prefer when films had like sequels had different names. Mm-hmm. no one would do it now and I think certainly in the horror genre it's an accepted thing because it's kind of this is how you sell it I mean you've got however many Friday the 13th and yeah. so on mm-hmm. and so forth but I always quite like that thing where it's like the Dirty Harry movies are all called different things they're not like Dirty Harry 1, 2 and 3 and mm-hmm. so on you know they're the Deadpool and uh, Magnum Falls, Sudden Impacts, The Enforcer so they're all called different mm-hmm. things and there's a weird thing where it's like you could stumble upon it thinking that this is a something different. And I think that this might actually be, if it was called Legion, people would be aware that it's a sequel to The Exorcist because The Exorcist is so huge. Mm. But I think this would get a chance to it stand set it apart. Yeah. 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 And more people would watch it then, probably, mm. because they might have been put off by The Exorcist ideals that it's all horrific and banned all that nonsense yeah. and yeah watch this one and again i mean you could there's they give enough of the backstory in dialogue you don't that need, you don't need yeah. to have seen mm-hmm. it like i say it works as a standalone movie um so yeah i mentioned deadpool i did notice there was a deadpool reference he says maximum effort at one point interesting Nice, well spotted. Which, of course, isn't isn't a Deadpool reference because no, no, because the, it was the time doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but it but, triggered that in your mind, which is good. <laughs> but there's, I think, also the um, like I think in the original story, basically in the in the novel and possibly in the director's cut version. Like I say, I've not seen it yet. Is kind of the ending is basically the Gemini killer has come back because the Gemini killer wants to punish his dad, who was like an, an abusive priest mm. or like a, a, bi, like a Bible thumper sort yeah. of type. Yeah. And so it's then his dad dies and that's when the Gemini killer leaves Karras. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something that obviously in terms of a film is not quite as exciting as an exorcism. Yeah. Um, but it's something that you could probably make work much better in a novel is I don't it how much is true? How they do it in a film. Sorry, Adam, you're, I'm sure you'll know. How much is true about the Zodiac killer that they talk about? The Gemini killer. Oh, the Gemini killer. Oh, right. None whatsoever. Oh, the Gemini oh, is a made-up oh, killer. He's um, uh, okay. He is based uh, on Zodiac. Yeah, then, that's what I was then, sort of assuming. But I kind of think that that even might be William P- Peter Blatty's equivalent of a shout-out because right. the Zodiac killer mentioned that he really liked. Uh, the exorcist. Oh, yeah, in one of his in one of his oh, talking wow. letters. Okay. Yeah, he said it was the what was it? He called it the best, like the best satirical comedy I've seen. Wow. Or best satirical comedy this year, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he did. So so, yeah. This, he, and this was after that. 
So this was almost him yeah, responding. This is almost him saying, well, if the Zodiac's going to mention me, I'll mention the bloody Zodiac. Wow. And so there's a, so he's kind of meant to be the Zodiac. But while we're mm. here, which I'm. Oh, uh, yeah. While we're in serial killer territory. Yeah. There are two killers who have cited this film as uh, influences, as, as, for want of a better expression. Oops. Uh, there's a guy called Danny Rowling, the Gainesville Ripper. He killed five people in a rape burglary murder spree between August 24th and August 27th, 1990. He was arrested in September, pled guilty on all charges in court and was sentenced to death by lethal injection. Shortly before his execution, he also admitted to the murder of three members of the same family in 1989. Mm -hmm. Um, Amongst his signatures was corpse mutilation and posing, as well as decapitation of one of his victims. So, again, that's sort of, mm-hmm. again, this sort of stagey thing that the Gemini killer does. Mm-hmm. Um, in his testimony, he cited seeing The Exorcist 3 as a trigger to his murder spree, even mm-hmm. going so far to cl- as to claim that another entity, which he dubbed Gemini, took possession of him when he committed his crimes. But basically all the psychiatrists just went, well, he's no. a manipulative psycho. That's why he's saying yeah. that, you know, he's just come up with this as an excuse. And look, he's even yeah. quoting the film. He's not an imaginative manipulative. Yeah. So they really are, to be anyway. honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But interestingly enough, uh, Danny Rowling was partly the inspiration of screenwriter Kevin Williamson for the killer in Scream. Ah. So it's sort of like, it's like this whole serial murder feeding itself thing Mm -hmm. that sort of buzzes around the exorcist maybe that's the power that they Mm. you know some dark force comes from it Uh, and then obviously far more famously milwaukee cannibal jeffrey dahmer also had an obsession with the exorcist 3 along with hellbound hellraiser 2 and return of the jedi he would watch uh, the t- isn't this just because these are all great films? Well, that's what? the thing. Is you, you can't fault yeah. a man with like, good taste, can you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would watch particular sequences over and over again before heading out to look for a victim. The I scenes did that, were just not. Oh, there you go. Look for a victim. The site. The scenes were parts where powerful people exercise force over another. So I'm kind of guessing it's the end sequence with all the throwing people around the room and flames and cobras and people coming out the floor. Um, And, uh, yeah, he even bought yellow contact lenses to look more like the possessed Mm. Karis Gemini in in light sequences. Uh, The figure he identified with in Jedi was Emperor Palpatine, and he even had the half-baked notion of getting a chair similar to the Emperor's to sit next to his shrine of skulls that he was going to build if he wasn't just such a disorganised piss-artist and, you know, out-of-control yeah. loony. Who would have won that um, chair? It is an amazing chair. <laughs> it is a great chair. Is he um, still alive? Do you think he's seen the most recent Star Wars film? Oh, no, he got oh, killed yeah. in 1994. Oh, no, Jeffrey Dahmer got killed in 1994, got murdered in prison, yeah. Oh. A shower shanking, oh, as I like recall. So. Oh, you know what he did? Don't yeah, yeah, no, 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 I don't mean. I just mean he might appreciate the film. Um, oh, while some people, exactly. yes, yeah, we didn't mention that actually, did we? No, I've still not really seen it, so it. Oh, that we must remain right. clear. Oh, bloody good. While mm. some people have made a connection of the decapitation of victims in Dharma's crimes to those in The Exorcist Three, it's going to be how you dispose of bodies you cut them up that's mm. i think it's part pretty of pretty standard yeah 
So, and also him keeping skulls was like a paraphilia he had from when he was a kid. He would like melt roadkill in uh, uh, acid and like try and articulate the bones and stuff like that. So it definitely wasn't like, oh, hey, getting collecting skulls, that's Exodus 3. It's not Predator either. They didn't mention yeah. we had that on VHS. Um, but I, I still think Dharma's attempt to inject acid into the brains of his victims to make them more compliant zombies may have been influenced by the ejections of the ECT sedative in this. Ah, yeah. And supposedly, though this might be a myth, uh, Jeffrey Dharma was actually watching The Exodus 3 when the police came and finally ah. got him. So, yeah. And he, yeah, he cited it as his favourite film. So he was like, he was well into it. So that's that's lovely. That's interesting. Well, like I say, watching this and you like it, don't go and kill people. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, I, I like I like that on last podcast where they always say, right, if you listen to this show and you're a fan and you go out and kill someone, we're not covering your story on the show. We don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I just like that. It's like, yeah. right, we're gonna fuck your fame off if you're doing it for stupid yeah. reasons, you know. But yeah. um but yeah as opposed to all of the good reasons. Well, well, yeah, already <laughs> But you've but you've uh, but so yeah and obviously you've got the real poss- potential serial killer in the original Exorcist and stuff like that. So it's like there's a whole lot of mm. you know but then I wonder if it's just it's a powerful you know the first film is legendary and this film if you're the right age to have seen it like at the time probably was mm. a pretty powerful film. I still think it's, yeah. it's mm. a great film now, even in its sort of what would now be considered the studio-interfered version. Mm. And like you say, it does get a bit ridiculous with rubber cobras and a uh, floor uh, floor crucifixion and everything. It's sort of, yeah. I, just, I didn't dislike that. No, I thought it was no. very good. But it, as I say, just when the... And, and it's right from the beginning with this film as well, you know... Um, the build-up in the in the first film to actually seeing anything supernatural takes a while. Whereas this, it's like within the first sixty seconds, a statue opens its eyes and starts crying blood. It's like, well, and yeah. it gives you a heads up of this isn't going to mess around and be subtle in any way, and then drop it on you. It's right from the off. It's all real. There's, you know, demons out there, and mm. I I do like the fact that one of the things I like about this is. It is such a 90s film because a cantankerous detective is searching for a serial killer who does art, for want of a better word. <laughs> you know, it, pre- it preempts Silence of the Lambs. It's, do you know what I mean? But it's that like it, that yeah, whole, it did remind no, me of... The, the 90s was that. just replete with serial mm. murder movies and each one was... A, and, like, yeah, every a thousand shit ones for every seven and so on. You know, it's sort of like you'd get some right corkers, but there was some right old crap as well. It's a real sort of, it's a right mixed bag. But yeah. I do like that fact. It's like, that feels comforting to me almost. That it's like, ah, oh, here we go. This is my childhood. Here's the, here's, <laughs> here's the subject matter. It's just, yeah. So you've got like, It's your comfort blanket. Yeah. It, 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 the, ni- the 90s is much the same way as hardware is in a way, where it's like, sort of like, oh yeah, look, chunky. Chunky grey sets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Meccano robots, you know, it's sort of, yeah. But yeah, yeah, really good film, as you say, and it, mm. it did. Uh, I think a lot of people probably didn't watch it at the time because 
the second one failed so mm. so badly. Um, so yeah, so if you didn't watch the third one, uh, we haven't spoiled it. Go out and watch it; it's fantastic. Yeah, we, actually, yeah. I mean, I have to say we're all going to know what one I'm talking about, and if you've seen the movie, you know what one I'm talking about. But the jump scare, which yes. is, is ranked the jump scare which is ranked, I think it's like in some top ten somewhere of like greatest jump scares in films of all time. Yeah, I didn't remember the jump scare. The, <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, well, basically, there's the a very... moving from room to room oh, for ages. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that, I think, again, that is a jump scare that is earned. That is not, right. we walked around the attic for five minutes, dropped all the sound and a cat fell out of something. Yeah. You know, that is a jump scare where it's like you you really get so sort of sucked into it, yeah. but yeah. in a sort of like like the way you get sucked into snooker. You know, there's no excitement or anything. You're just like, so what? And oh, he's gone out now, and he's coming. Yeah. Fucking hell! <laughs> you know, and it's sort of yeah. I said that was the thing. I knew it was coming, um, and I'd forgotten how long that shot plays out yeah. to draw you into that comfort. And I kept thinking, any second, no, somebody else is coming. <laughs> it's good. No, she's not gone into that room. Yeah, and then when it happens, it's still... And it's beautifully framed. That's that's the thing I like as well. All of that shot, so much yeah. of this, but that shot particularly is beautifully framed of the of the hallway and just seeing people moving in and out in the background and and then for that to suddenly just come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's fantastically paced. Really, really I, clever. I think I think William Peter Black is a fairly underrated director, <clears throat> and I think possibly it might just be. I think this possibly the reason, and again, this is back to like call your films something different. <laughs> is I wonder if the the failure of Exorcist Three, where the people who saw it didn't think it was much cop, but loads of people didn't see it because they'd heard it wasn't much cop. Mm, yeah, and then yeah. it's like three comes around. Well, I didn't see two. Yeah. But yeah, you don't need to yeah. to, to follow it. It'd be fine because people who go on the internet they liked it. But in the old days, it yeah. was literally, wasn't it? Really, word of mouth and. Or as you say, mm. if they'd named it Legion and hadn't called it Exorcist Three, people, might, people yeah, wouldn't feel yeah. they'd missed. Um, what else has mm. he done? Um, the I think we covered him on um, we covered him on uh, the previous episode, but we did cover there was the uh, which Jennifer wasn't here. We did talk about there's a film he did called The Ninth Configuration. Which mm-hmm. is kind of the, which is regarded as William Peter Blatty regards it as the second film in the series. Oh, okay. Right. But, though it has no supernatural mm-hmm. elements or anything, mm-hmm. but it is the story. Essentially, it's the story of the astronaut from the first film who is told he's going to die up there. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then it's about him having a nervous breakdown, and he goes to it. And actually, the guy who plays him, no. He is in this. I know he's in it. <sighs> what a fool. Yeah, the guy who plays Dr. Temple, you know, the very nervous doctor who just chains fans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What, was that, what yeah. was that where he had oh. to write down what he was going to say? It's because the jet, because I thought oh, that's a. Yeah. But it's because it's meant to be the Gemini has told him exerted to, him to like yeah. bring him to me. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of rehearsing it to look naturalistic right. rather than. There's a demon in him, and he told me to come and get me, and Jesus Christ, 
the euphemism for going for a pee. Ah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the guy Stop. who plays the guy who plays him is a guy called Scott Wilson, and he plays Captain Billy Cutshaw in the ninth wow. configuration, who is the astronaut. Mm. So it's no yeah. Worries. So uh, well, that connects to But Father Dyer, um, uh, Ed Flanders, um, yeah. which is just ruined, isn't it? The poor man. You know, you hear Ed Flanders. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, he's in the night configuration, uh, playing Captain Richard Fell. But he's also in Salem's Lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh, Bill Norton, Doctor Norton. Isn't that Salem's a, Lot? A he who must not be mentioned film. Oh, from the from the person who brought you. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they come back. But, but also because both <laughs> you and Lee dislike him so much. No, no, we don't have too much of a problem with him. But so, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, we like I was I was gonna do. You? I thought every time I yeah. mentioned him, you're like, oh, I don't like him. No. It's, it, let's just say it's a legacy of varying quality. Yes. Certainly, in terms of both the novels and the adaptions, it must be. Oh, you don't like The Shining, Lee. I don't uh, like The Shining. No. But then neither does Stephen uh, King. No, so no, Lee and Stephen King yeah. are actually in the same stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I don't. Yeah, I might be mixing them up because of that. Then weird oh. thing that I didn't know. Um, you know, Father Canavan, who is the priest who gets beheaded in the. Confessional, yeah. Mm. He is meant to be Father Tom Birmingham from The Exorcist, from like the first film. Who is the guy who's like he's like the president, the really old priest who oh, looks yeah, like yeah. who looks like you'd have to draw his face with a ruler because it's just a series of angles. Yes. Um, and he is actually really a priest called the guy who plays him in that is really a priest called Father Tom Birmingham, mm. uh, oh, but spelled okay. differently. Um, but then in the novel of Legion, they changed his, um, William Peter Blatty changed his first name to Kenneth because the Gemini killer only kills Kay. Mm. Yeah. So he's oh. Kenneth Birmingham in the book and he's just Father Canavan in this, just probably because it was like, that's a lot of twisting about for Soddle. <laughs> you know, it doesn't bring anything to the movie, but yeah. Um, oh, and one final little sort of weird connection. Um, Lee J. Cobb, who played Kinderman in the first in the original film, um, died. But interesting, and um, was obviously replaced by George C. Scott in this. Yeah. Um, but he's also in a remake of uh, George C. Scott is also in a remake of Twelve Angry Men, playing Dura Number Three, oh. which which is the character Lee J. Cobb played in the original 12 Angry Men. Oh, interesting. And to cap it it all off, the remake with George C. Scott is directed by William Friedkin. Oh, there we go. It's just a right clusterfuck. Yeah. No, I've never seen it. I mean, George C. Scott's in it, so it can't be all bad. But again, it just goes to prove it's not a recent thing, remaking like Stone Cold classics and just, yeah. yeah. Why would you remake it? I mean, the original is good. Why would you mess around with it, really? But yeah. Well, it's, it's not something where you can really bring a lot more to it by design. It's like you no, don't want to you don't want to see a at the time. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see a version of Phone Booth where it's like 
jet setting across three continents. You know, you've kind of got to stay on the phone. I think a British version with a classic red British phone box, that would be good. That would actually be pretty good just because I'd imagine a sniper would have a right arsehole of a time trying to get through those. Yeah, definitely. You know, raw iron and like tiny little bars. Yeah, exactly. Down. You know, it'd have to be a much better shot than he is in, the, in, the, in that one. Plus, in you know, that in theory would be harder. I don't know how much harder, but you know. <laughs> oh, also, when William Friedkin didn't want to do Exodus 3, uh, William Peter Blatty then offered it to John Carpenter. Oh, uh, oh, but John really? Carpenter realised that William Peter Blatty clearly wanted to direct it, so he just said, oh. why don't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's quite nice. It, yeah. Mind you, it might also be the poison chalice. It's like, so you've got this, the the horror film of all time, the greatest horror film of mm-hmm. all time. The second sequel, people regularly poo on it yeah. in the street. Mm-hmm. And you want <laughs> to do the third one? No, you're all right, mate. <laughs> you, you do it. You, you'll make it good. You'll do it good. So, oh, but he did. So he, did. He, did. Yeah, he did. He did. He really fucking did. And I, I have to say, I just think it's a shame he hasn't done more stuff. I, I think, literally, I can only think of like Ninth Configuration and this. I think they're the only films that he's listed as. Obviously, he's written other stuff and he's, I believe, he's written like uh, other screenplays and stuff like that. He's written a lot more books. But mm. yeah, and actually, The Exorcist as a book is really, really good. It's as yeah. it's as good as the film in those terms. Uh, like you know, the way the film is great as a film, the book is as good as a book. Yeah. Also, they um, interestingly they don't film Reagan's house at the top of the stairs. You know, you see the stairs at the start. Yeah. But they framed it so that you did, because in Exorcist Two, the house gets burnt down. I think, okay. or dist- it gets destroyed in some way. And um, so, although there's no reference to Exorcist 2 whatsoever in this, he kind of still didn't want the to continuation just of... piss over it, you know what I mean? And sort of like, because it is, I suppose it's like, you know, it's a completely different set of characters. It's not the circumstances of Legion. So yeah. he just filmed it so you couldn't see the house. So technically it doesn't actually contradict anything, that's anything from Exorcist 2. So it's not like, he hasn't done the sort of, the whatever like the recent halloween where it's like right all the other halloweens are not they're they're not real and this is directly a follow-on from that very first original so he hasn't done like a a, yeah like a reboot in that sense or anything like that excellent Um, nice um right so we should probably wrap it up there we're just i've just got Um, a shout out to philip on on the email it says, hello, I had some more suggestions, which are From Beyond the Grave, The Uncanny, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. No, no, hang on, sorry, I'm stop there. It's The Uncanny. The Uncanny. Oh. This pronounces it, so we are continuing this. But The tradition. Uncanny, definitely, because it has loads of cats in it. I love it. Doesn't well, can I just say, and this is, because I know that Lee, I apologise, Lee, because I know I do it to you every birthday, but this year, I want to watch the Uncanny for my Yay! birthday. That's my birthday choice this year. It's fair. That is Adam's birthday coming up. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. And it will help Philip. Is that Black Philip of the goat variety? Or I don't know. You didn't let him finish well, I didn't. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Technically, uh, I did. Where, where did I get to? Hold on. The Uncanny, 
See, yep. I'm learning. Yes. Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. The House That Dripped Blood. Tales oh. from the Hood, which are an- anthologies. And mm-hmm. then some non-anthologies are Return of the Living Dead, Lucio yep. Flucci's. Fulci. Yeah, him again. Yeah. yeah. Zombie, The Beyond, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, and Mario Barber's Blood and Black Lace. Mm-hmm. Oh, which I've never seen, actually. Uh, Maybe you could do like a cultural one where you watch, you know, other culture mm-hmm. stuffs. Yeah. <laughs> we've def- we've um, definitely got to do some Jake yeah. Barber at some point, though. Definitely. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so, okay, so in that case, we shall do uh, Dracula bonus as the next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wait, why is that a bonus? Sure. Because we've probably got a lot to say about it, but not. Yeah. It's probably it's going to extend this by forty minutes, and yeah. it's already long. Oh, but, oh no! So yeah. I meant, why is it not just a normal episode? Because it's a bonus. I don't know. Mm, yeah. What? Make it what bonus. What makes a bonus a bonus? <laughs> but also, do we need to watch because it's an episode? Episodic, isn't it? Well, well it's the bonus, bonus is that presumably, if it's a bonus, it doesn't come out on the normal feed. It's an extra episode, so we'll have to. So it'll be yeah. an additional. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll meet up and record that, and it'll only we'll do. 40 minutes or whatever, just as a short. And then the uncanny. And then we'll yeah. do the uncanny as the next full episode. Um, yeah. Back to some classic. See, I love a bit of anthology. Classic, horror. what's his name? Classic uh, um, Bits and Price? Is it the other uh, one? No, classic cushion. Cushion. I've got a cushion over there. <laughs> uh, also, um, is one of my favourite of that period. Ooh. So I would be very keen to cover that as well at some point. Um, yeah. So thank you very much for your email, Philip. That's all good. Uh, yeah. So I would just, just... just to finish off here, the last of the film, Exodus 3, did anyone else notice the calendar pose with the uh, priests? Chris, <laughs> you might remember. You might remember the calendar poses we did at someone's wedding. Yeah. So at the very end, literally, the priests are all standing there. One of them's like this, one of them's like this. Yeah. It's very, mm. very priests, you know, sexy priests, 1990. I think it might so, be the funeral or yeah. somewhere, yeah. There's like yeah. four or five of them, mm. and they're all stood together. Uh, very, like on the sunset very, with a very, yeah. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't catch that, go back and just watch yeah. that last <laughs> Speaking of model shots, did you spot Fabio in the dream sequence? No, the model Fabio, you know, the oh. muscly, haired, vaguely yeah, equine know. looking man. Do you know him? Yes, uh, he's an angel in the dream sequence, and Samuel oh. Jackson's in the dream sequence yeah, as well. No. But he oh. is dubbed. Uh, and Claire said, "Why would you dub Samuel L. Jackson?" And I said, "Because it was 1990, and no one knew who he was." <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Right. Since then, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's done well. He has well done well done. for himself. Bless him. He's still an actor. I'd have him and everything. He sucks. I've said this before on record. Oh. I've got. I've also right. got to mention that the that the I believe speech. You know the I believe in death and etc. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, that was sampled by a really good band called Three and Nine on the start of their song Pressure Chamber. Was <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it? Three and nine. Three and nine. They were good. Same as the 90s, weren't they? They were the 2000s. It was the 2000s. They were cracking, though. If you like acid and therapy, go and see them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Except you can't. No, because no, they all went off and had kids. <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of the uh, listeners, it was a band which Adam and previous uh, attendant, attendant Dr. Oh, Dean yes. uh, were in. And uh, previous uh, attendant Drew. Yeah. Oh, and Drew yeah, as well, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, and Rust. Yeah, they yeah. were there. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Good times. Good Sorry, times. I had to just sling that in there because, well, I, I, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'll, I wasn't going to blow my own trumpet, but I thought I'd at least let you know I had a trumpet. To your trumpet, Anne. To your trumpet. Thank you. Right. Oh, one last thing. Sorry. Oh, it's still Please. going. Yeah. The woman who's the nurse who, you know, who turns up with the ridiculously big scissors. Yes. Um, uh, uh, she is in a film called, she's in a TV series called Frankenstein's Aunt. Listen to this synopsis. Aunt Frankenstein arrives to her nephew's castle to set things right and clean the, clean the family name. Could she hope to work out the consensus between the angry villagers and the castle's supernatural inhabitants? Ooh. And she plays Hannah Frankenstein, who is meant to be Dr. Frankenstein's aunt. Seven episodes from 1987. It's got a Dracula in it. It's got a werewolf in it. It's got, like, it, yeah, it yeah. sounds right up your wow. street, mate. I'm watching the crap out of that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Frankenstein's aunt. Now, make sure you spell aunt right, otherwise you'll get a whole set of different <laughs> references. <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> um, Tomorrow we are out briefly at Horror to uh, watch one of their films called Derailed. Derailed. Uh, we yes. are unable, unfortunately, to make it this year due to scheduling. We're not all able to get together to go for a day, oh. unfortunately. As much as we'd love to, um, there's some fantastic stuff on, as we mentioned in one of our in a preamble. One of our. But by the time episodes. you listen to this, it will It'll just be, be the. Sunday and it will be yeah. pretty much over, yes. But uh, but yes, but we're going mm. to see Derailed tomorrow at nice. Horror on Sea, uh, mm. featuring Lance Henriksen. Um, it's great from what we've seen from the trailer, so we're not spoiling mm. it because only what's in the trailer. Uh, it's a train for a murder mystery, the Orient Express style. Some and people then, get on to yeah. try and rob it. The train comes off the rails and falls into a river or lake or I hope whatever. there's a moment when they go, oh, my God, the train has been <gasps> derailed. Pretty sure they I'm looking out for that bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and some kind of uh, Gilman-type terrible sea monster gets on board and starts killing the people mm. and the robbers. That it looks fucking amazing. It looks yeah. batshit. It as looks long as there's so no sharks, fun. I'll be fine. Fucking mm-hmm. oh, sharks. <laughs> But right. yeah, we'll enjoy it and your homework yeah. is we will want a bonus episode on that. Well. Yes. We could talk yes. on that and Dracula, you could add that in. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <gasps> right. Blue steel. Right. Thanks so much for listening, cheers. everybody. Uh, cheers. Dry January. I've not, I've not cried. I'm doing really good. Well done, sir. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, message below on SoundCloud or on YouTube. Uh, don't forget to email us at info at welcometorrow.com if anyone is still checking that email address. Um, alternatively, hashtag ask welcome to horror. What are you doing? What the mask? Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Hashtag ask welcome to horror. Um, yeah. And we will answer your questions. Your question will probably... 
What the bloody hell is they? It's just like the wedding photo. I might get to work on Monday like this. <laughs> I, think, I think you should wear that tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's right, January, South it's South End. It'll be fucking bitter. Exactly. Wear it. Yeah. Right. Anyway, thanks ever so much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all for the bonus episode of Dracula. No. Excellent. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs>